Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tag. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You face Jaraxxus. You smell like a leopard gnome. I knew it. So hot. A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken. Hello and welcome to episode 498 of The Angry Chicken. I am your host and your anchor for now, Ridiculous Hat. Joss is still out for now. We're hopefully going to have her back next week, but we'll see. She'll be back soon. Thank you everyone for waiting. We miss her very much. But we have another amazing guest this week. Welcome to the show, Zaddy. Hello, Zaddy. Well, thank you for having me, Mr. Hat. And uh, we did have Nova on to set, uh, in the pre-stream thing, but... She dipped, unfortunately. Maybe she'll come back. You never know. That was just for me. Nova came to say hi. Yeah. That was all I wanted. Nova she, is the cat. She hurt. She hurt hot. And she had to come. She, like she, I told you, she never comes when I'm recording. I don't know. It's like, if I can't give her full attention, she's not interested. But she just knew. She knew. She knew. Well, Nova, thank you for being here. Zeddy, thank you for being here. And Epic Patrons, thank you so, so much for being here. We are supported by our patrons. You can become a patron by going over to patreon.com slash TAC. You get access to the Discord server, bonus episodes when we do them, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, so, listeners, we are going to start as we do with all of our guests. Is We're going to start by talking to them a little bit. We're going to say hello. Well, we did that. But uh, we're going to ask Zeddy about the real Zeddy that we don't see on streams. Um, well, we kind of do. But, <laughs> Zeddy, I think that you're pretty well known in the Hearthstone community. You're influential. You're a big content creator at this point, 60,000 plus YouTube subscribers, 20,000 Twitter followers, assuming that site still works, a bunch of people that watch you on Twitch every day. Um, and I think you, it's fair to say your focus for a big chunk of that has been really more from a critical angle. So can you speak to like how you see yourself fitting into the Hearthstone social scene? Um, yeah, I'm just the, kind of the, the guy that's going to be, um, I don't know, I've always been someone who's super... I, I don't know what it is to say, like critically minded, like everything in my life, like even my profession before this, I went to counting where I'm analyzing and going through auditing people. I'm the guy that can kind of annoy you because he's going to tell you you're, this is not good. This is bad. Um, I just always think critically minded. I just have. I'm also a pessimist. Like I'm always like, oh, I assume the worst. Always. So you see that when like. If Blizzard's made a decision that I'm kind of pessimistic about, I'm going to give my first more negative reaction to it first. It's just my natural reaction. And to some people that comes off as like, oh, he just hates everything or whatever, but just the way I think. But then when something like if something goes really well, then I'm like super excited about it. And I always try my best to, um, you know, just when there's something good is going on to say it like recently i think this latest patch in hearthstone especially in standard has been one of the best in a long time so i haven't been like overly critical i've been like trying to just like this really good promote it on the youtube and stuff and i don't know i feel like my 
role in the community, if anything, is just to like inform people of what's going on and whether they might not be aware. Like the heroic brawl, for example, I'm like a big, I'm big against, I'm not against the mode. I'm just against, um, or I get frustrated by how it only gets very well communicated, the reward structure and stuff. So like for that, I'm like, I just try and let people know as much as I can with my voice to be like, well, this is the reward structure that is pretty kind of hidden. But if you want to go for it, go for it. That's fine. I'm not saying the throw brawl shouldn't exist. I just want you to be aware of it. So trying to like educate people as much as I can and fill that void that I don't know, just feel like it's not out there that much these days. At least uh, I used to rely on like old crit videos when crit would do like a lot of discussion stuff. That was kind of I watched that all the time. So like it doesn't exist anymore. So I kind of do my own little thing on it. Gosh, that's been a minute now. Yeah, he used to do these analysis videos. I think that was back when mm-hmm. he was a standard player. So we're talking 2018, 2017. He was standard in arena in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember. Couldn't skip the crip. Very important. That's uh, the crip is how I got into like Hearthstone watching it. And especially in YouTube, that was like he had um, how good how good is this card video or whatever. And I would love that stuff. He would talk about it. And um, I don't know, like that content just kind of disappeared. And I kind of got into streaming myself as a former crip mod and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, when I do my YouTube, maybe I'll eventually try the, something like that. And it just started like I like Crip where I did like gameplay and discussion. And I just really like the discussion stuff and just kind of chopped off the gameplay. And that's where we're at now. Yeah, I think you're one of the few, maybe the only major YouTube channel that is like exclusively discussion. I know there are a few people that'll do like Regis will do a discussion video every so often. Um, but you just have news content, daily content. It's it, sometimes it's discussion, and sometimes it's like current events, and other times it it can be you know some more off the wall stuff or tearless or whatever. Um, so how did you know this approach was working? Because it sounds like you were spinning off of what you liked as a consumer, but it's definitely taken on its own personality at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I just. Yeah, when I started off, my first ver- my very first video was like my Hall of Fame prediction wish list. Because I'm like, nobody makes these videos these days. And I'm like, it'd be fun to talk about it. And even my first video got like almost a thousand views, with like no subs and stuff. And um, I don't know, I just the discussion stuff always just got way more engagement. That is the engagement thing that really drived it. Like you get so many more comments, likes, just people talking and that drives videos on YouTube. Like it helps a lot to have engagement. Whereas like a gameplay video, people, there's not much to talk about. Like, Oh, I saw that was funny or something at that point, but it's not a lot to talk about. But when I'm talking about anything in Hearthstone and I feel like Hearthstone is one of these weird games where people a lot of the time, like talking about it more than they like playing it sometimes. Like what should get changed or nerfed or what should they make or what should happen? Like for me, a sign of that is the card reveal season where there's like more hype for card reveals and reviewing them than I feel like there's actually with playing them a lot of the time. Like when you actually see the cards in action, it's like not as hype as just like, look at this new card. What is it going to do? I don't know. So I kind of like go to that style of just gravitate to that type of hype and engagement and my channel just yeah gravitated that way that it just worked out and 
all my, my biggest videos outside of for like one little meme post I made of that blew up or like discussion, especially like the battle pass thing. But that was a whole different, whole different thing. But yeah, I, it just really came down to like the stuff I liked watching that I felt wasn't there anymore. Um, Toast was another one who did a lot of that stuff where he would talk about like lore of stuff or like historical stuff. I'm not good with lore. So I go more with like old, like old niche cards, like top 10, whatever lists of like old style based cards and kind of go with that. And I also can't edit like those guys can. So I, uh, I'm really the more point and shoot and yap guy more than the editing guy that still haven't developed that. Although if you watch like the Zeddy doc videos, if you have, if you ever watched that, like my cheating one and stuff, I've learned a little bit to do it, but it just takes so much more time and effort and YouTube rarely rewards time and effort unless you really go in on it. So kind of been focused on the style. The, the polish of that last little bit of a video can take a ton of time and like you really have to work hard for that to get dividends. I mean, we were talking about uh, it's been three, two, one right before the stream. That guy will put the polish in and put out a video like, but that's more like a video a month and we'll have something that has really long legs and is really interesting, almost like a documentary style. But you're doing daily content. It just there's just no time. No. And I have to it's hard enough to come up with something to talk about every day. Like every I haven't missed a day since i think the summer of 2020 on youtube oh my lord so yeah i have uploaded every single day sometimes more than once and it's yeah it's unique content it's I'm, even if i do a gameplay video which is rare i still do an introduction for it and talk about stuff so um yeah it's a unique topic every day and i don't script anything it's always just off the cuff and just go from there and it seems to work <laughs> it's, i mean it clearly is working from a numbers perspective and you might have something to the point of sometimes people prefer to talk about instead of playing it because you're talking to someone that has six hours of Hearthstone podcast every week. Like I, I clearly understand some part of that appeal, um, but it's it's interesting that I wonder what does that. It, it explains the Twitch presence as well, because it can be stressful to play your own game and sometimes you just don't have the time or energy. You don't want to play the whole thing. You only want to see chunks of it and you have a pretty active Twitch persona, too. And there's, there's a, like people want to watch gameplay and stuff too, but it's like, there's so many other people doing that. So it's like, I'll fill yeah. the other niche. And, uh, you know, if, if I felt there was more of a need for gameplay for me, I would do it. I would be fine with it. But whenever I've done it, it's like, it does. Okay. But it just doesn't excite me to get going there. And I also just don't find myself that entertaining with gameplay stuff. I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm too negative and too, um, too whiny even for me to get excited when i play because i'm the worst loser in the world and it shows when uh i'm playing so no complaint streams though no complaint streams are the best that's a lot of quietness <laughs> but they're fun i i enjoy that I, I i try and do like one a month just uh especially if i have been extra salty lately it's like all right and then it, it, i can't prove to myself i can not complain i do pretty good on them but i have to make a genuine effort otherwise i'm just gonna be a baby and when you stream every day pretty much it's hard to put in that effort at least for me yeah, it's, I have to imagine that playing a game as your job makes it difficult to for that game to uh, be a positive experience every day, even though we very clearly love the game because we keep doing it. But, you know, there are a lot of things that you can love and maybe that day you don't get along. Um, before, before I even talk about your Twitch, though, 
the Zeddies this year, like, Cora recorded this basically a dev interview on her phone in her bathroom after she moved and just, like, threw that in the middle of the video? That was pretty amazing, like. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't even give them much, like, I, 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 I sent a message to Alkali, I think, like, on Boxing Day, I'm like, I'm trying to get this out by New Year's. Um, I I kind of bugged them about it a while ago, but there's they got so many billion things going on that it probably got lost in the shuffle. But I'm like, um, I'm doing an award for best expansion of the year, and I would love to have this. Uh, I was it was looking like uh, Nathri was going to win, which Cora didn't believe. She thought for sure Sunken City was going to win. Um, but I'm like, can uh, do you think Cora be available? And she was sick and moving. <laughs> and she still managed to find time and do it like a really pleasant, delightful, uh, like, yeah, basically like a, a dev interview when I, I was just saying, like, all you all you'd have to do is say thanks and maybe say a little joke or something. But no, she went. It was awesome. And people really enjoyed it in the comments. And Cora is just an amazing person. Um, I was a big fan of hers before she even started on Hearthstone and. I don't know. Every interaction I've had with her has been great. Even like during like some negative times, she's always been um, a good like kind of neutral party to like talk about stuff and always open to talk. And um, I've, uh, all the stuff I ever hear that she's worked on always seems to come out really good. Like I think Nathry is was one of the better sets in a long time too. So I was really happy and uh, I was happy it was successful too. Seemed to um, move some numbers at least. They said it did and. Even on, uh, like, I remember, like, even Regis's review numbers were just ridiculous for Nathria. And for some reason, the the Death Knight stuff just didn't take off. It's so weird. I don't get that. But, uh, yeah, it's just a really cool experience to have her on there. And I so humbling that she would even make the effort for uh, our, our silly little show where we had, like, quite a few people show up. It's everybody that won the major category came in. And that was that was awesome. Yeah, it was a really fun video, and uh, you know the middle set of each year seems to perform pretty well. But I mean, they've also all had pretty strong designs. I mean, I know you have feelings about last year's middle set uh, that we don't necessarily need to delve into right now. But I would say that in general, when we look at middle sets, that I feel like that's when excitement kind of builds because people's experience translates from what they're going through at the current moment, and so after rotation that's when the novelty happens and that's when it's easy to build up excitement for the next set when you're in the middle of the year then you're starting to look at well will these cards that i'm playing with now be good for the rest of the year do i have to wait for rotation again feels like the longest point from there um but nathria i agree it was very well done very evocative interesting very board based yes i said it um even though neutral legendaries were pretty involved in conversation i think the people that wanted to play longer games with minions in play got the opportunity to do that i miss my prince I miss mm. my prince. Good night, sweet. But prince. yeah, look, look at Denathrius. The only card, like Denathrius, is like the, the neutrals. Really, that was the only um, main criticism I had. That set was uh, it was so dominated by just a couple cards. Where there was Denathrius, Theotar, and I guess Renathal. They were like the set, and it's weird to have neutrals defined so much. It's pretty rare these days. So it was, um, but no, I, I really did like that set. Um, and it is interesting that the second set seems to be the uh, needle mover now, whereas it used to always be like the last set of the year was like the crazy one, where it was like Mean Streets and Descent of Dragons. 
and Rostikun's Rumble. Um, you know, one of these the things t- <laughs> is not like the others. Yeah, but um, and I guess he did have a first second. Also, Skullamance is like one of the most bonkers sets ever. So, Skullamance Saviors of Doom was interesting. Like, as there mm-hmm. were there have been some middle sets that have really been interesting. And last year's was very polarizing. Stormwind, as we're referring to, uh, very polarizing. Some people really loved it. Some people really didn't. But we only have a little bit more time with the quest. And most of them have been nerfed, so it seems like that we're. Yeah, they, they pretty much murdered almost everything from that set at this point, so. That's pretty almost. true. Almost. So, um, we talked about a little bit about how gameplay can be kind of challenging, but you have a very active Twitch channel, and I'm curious in diving into the difference between YouTube Zeddy and Twitch Zeddy, because they seem like pretty different people. Well, Twitch Zeddy is playing the game live, and he, like myself, I'm a terrible loser. I've always been a terrible loser. I've tried to work on it, but in the heat of the moment, I'm always just mad. And um, I, I just, it's funny. It'll take me like uh, uh, 30 seconds to a minute after a loss or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm over it. And um, so basically what you see on YouTube is me not playing and being over like any loss I might've had or just a, a bad experience or whatever. Like at the end of the day, it's like, who cares? Like I lost a game. Like, it's just heat of the moment i get yeah perturbed and stuff so i'll you're more likely to see me grumpy or say something i don't really mean because i'm annoyed but even on twitch i've gotten a lot better over the years um also helps that i don't stream as much as i used to i used to do like every day like eight to ten hours like i did way too much like that's just not healthy and um yeah and i've just learned to like you know try and grow up a little bit sometimes but I, I i just had a bad day yesterday where i lost like i think it was 12 or 15 games like just nothing would go my way and i was i'd been awake for uh 20 hours because my sleep's always messed up and i was like even i was like for me really bad for current day and if i would go back like three years that was like nothing so i've, I've gotten better but you know you you make that impression early on in your streaming career that you're just this irrational angry jackass um yeah that kind of stays with you and that's fine but on youtube you don't really see that ever because i'm not i've like i've had that time to like compose or think about things and that's just me normal um but yeah twitch if you see that negative side you see that clip of me being really salty just yeah i just really hate losing and uh it rarely is ever my fault so it's going to be bad game design or bad luck or blah, blah, blah. And then after I think about it for a little bit, like, nah, I probably just play like crap or did something stupid or it's just, it's a card game. Best days you're going to win like 60% any, like it's just, so yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just definitely a, like a personal flaw I have and it shows the most when I stream, it rarely shows on YouTube. Although there have been like instances of it when I do like a, a big rant video like i'll just bring up that battle pass video which um back when they launched the battle pass i got really mad and all that stuff but i did something really stupid in the video that i still regret to this day where i like i i was legitimately angry recording that one and i never record videos angry it was the first video i'd ever had to re-record because i said stuff i regretted and I still put out stuff i regret where i like call other content creators spineless and all this stuff and i'm like I really hate that I did that because like first off 
I don't think that's the case at all. And second, it was just like me pitting myself against the world for no reason. It's like, and I got a lot of backlash over that. And it was good that I did. Cause like, it was just something like, yeah, it was just dumb and me just being angry and stupid. So you do see glimpses of it on YouTube really rarely. That was one of them. And on Twitch, it's more of just me being a salty baby. And, um, if I get usually if I get called out for it uh, shortly after a game, I kind of like, yeah, you're pretty much right. I'm being a bitch and move on from there. <laughs> a humble and honest answer. We take those. You know, I, it's, I think it's fair to say that you've grown from the experience. It helps that like the I feel like you have a better relationship with the Hearthstone team. You've grown as a creator. You have, like you said, reduced the amount of time you spend playing because as during the COVID lockdown, like, I'm not a streamer, but I try to do that every day just to give myself some structure, and it absolutely changes your relationship with the game. It's not the sort of thing that you can just turn on, turn off, and it's really hard to feel like that you have agency over how things go and how you feel when you have to play this game for viewers in order to have something going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh... <laughs> And I'm the problem I also have is a very obsessive personality. I don't know if you like my achievements and all that stuff. It's like I have oh, yes. to get them done. And I just um I might not stream as much as I do, but I still play as much Hearthstone as I pretty much always have. Like I play a lot off stream. Most Hearthstone content creators don't play like at all off stream. And I play like maybe more. Like I'm almost at fifteen hundred Death Knight wins. Um <sighs> It is it is February, sir. It, the class has been out I, for two months and two days. A, de- a demon hunter, I'm at 1900. It's, like, it's so stupid. But like, when I get like something going off in my head, I just I go and um yeah I don't know. So at least if I'm not if I'm if I'm playing it off and like I'm just doing whatever, it's it's a little bit more. I don't know. And actually, I find like when you have an audience watching you, you're more, at least for me, I'm more inclined to be like, well, I'm going to bitch to try and get them to be like, yeah, you're right. It's that type of thing. Whereas if I'm off stream, I'm not ranting and raving and yelling, or at least not usually. Nova doesn't put up with it. So, and Hearthstone's not designed as a game that you're supposed to really play for like eight to 10 hours a day. It just isn't with that much variance. And like the games are supposed to be, you know, even the long control games that, uh, some of us desire still are like you know like a, a regular level in a video game it's not like super long sometimes but yeah yeah it's uh i mean i remember when the ladder system changed not this most recent time but the time before that when it went from uh reset to rank 16 every month to reset four ranks and it felt like the the amount of hours harson was asking you to play was fewer because they wanted to respect your time a little more and give you better matches without you having to grind it and a lot of people were like, well, what do I do now? Like, what do I do with all this extra time that I was spending playing Hearthstone? It's like, well, you, you can either play more in advance at the level that the game wants you to be at, or you can play less and still have the same results. And playing less was something that was so hard for people to internalize. I, I just went and played more uh, arena and stuff or fine. You know what I, well, okay, this is how much Hearthstone I used to play <laughs> during my peak. Remember when it was level rank 17 to legend, no rank floors, any of that fun stuff? On yes. my stream, I used to get legend in standard and wild on the Americas, EU, and Asia every month uh, with that system. So that kept me pretty busy. <laughs> That's how much I played uh, back in like, yeah, that was like the heyday. And I feel God, tired I don't wish now. That, 
I feel tired I thinking about that. I don't know how I did that. I like I look back. I don't understand that because like I'm not even legend and standard right now. Like I, I don't even. And now it seems like we're getting spoiled where I'm like, oh, it's 11 star. I still have to do this. Oh, no. Like, it's crazy that I once went from final boss rank one. It was like, what, five stars then? Yeah. And I fell all the way down to rank seven and had to climb all the way back. Um, yeah, those were not fun days. <laughs> and I'm very glad that it's the way it is now. So much so that the bot, the bots can get overwhelming legend and classic now. So. <laughs> mm. I've heard about that in classic. I haven't played it myself, but I have heard about it. Oh, um, it's something special. <laughs> yes. Maybe not the most classic experience, but maybe, maybe Naxxramas will come to it eventually, or maybe Naxxramas will come to standard. We'll see. I've got a teaser today. I know. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I'm curious, like you're, you've alluded to it a few times. Your approach and relationship with both the game and the team has changed. I mean, because if we went back to that battle pass era, I know that like, you and I were on very different sides of that circumstance. And in over the years, I feel like you really have sanded down these edges a lot and built bridges. And to hear you last week when the creator program was announced, I guess a couple weeks ago now, to be one of the biggest supporters of it was definitely different from, I think, what Zeddy a few years ago would have been. So like, talk me through that, that evolution and change because you seem to be pretty good at identifying stuff introspectively. Um, Honestly... I don't think I've changed that much in terms of the way I think and analyze stuff. Um, first, I communicate things a lot better. I don't make it like when something was wrong, I would make it like super hyperbolic over the top. Um, you know, just like they're trying to screw, manipulate, blah, blah. Like it was always very absolute, but um, I, I try and look at it a little bit more objectively and well and also i feel like a lot of their decisions lately have been much better than a lot of old decisions like this uh creator program there's like no negative to it like the old system is i i personally know as someone who's been making hearthstone content for over five years was terrible because i didn't even know that a creator program existed within like three or so years and when i found out it was like a old boys club and it was like just invite only and very clicky and um hell i i was like completely shunned from ever even be able to communicate about it and it was just like now we have this new system where you can you openly know what the requirements are they're reasonable uh the twitch viewership might have been a little bit high but honestly not really and now you have a path and before it was literally you didn't even know it existed and they didn't the fact that they're investing time and money into this um when they don't have to it really isn't going to make them bank almost at all i can't i can't imagine how they're going to really make money off of this that much like the only way they can really make money off of it is they make this creator program um they're able to help other creators get so big that they help sell more hearthstone packs it's pretty unlikely. It's more of just like we're trying to build a good community thing here. Alkali's worked her butt off for years about it. I I don't know if you know about this, but I've been friends with Alkali for like well, well before she's community manager. I've known about this program since she started. This has been her baby since like day one. And I know like all the good stuff that goes with it. And there's no ill intent. It's Alkali. Like, no. 
Um, so yeah, like the, I just, and I, the things people were complaining about to me, I'm sorry, were kind of ridiculous that we have people complaining. Like you expect me to have 200 average viewers. I'm like to be in this pro. I'm like, why, why not? Like that's why, why would, if they, if they just say like 50, then they're going to have like every hearthstone, like thousands of people that'd be, it'd be pointless. They can't help out that many people at once. You have to be reasonable. And, and also it was funny to see a lot of complaints coming from people that were like nowhere near requirements and stuff. Um, I just thought the whole thing was really unfair. And I thought, I thought there was merit to like people being upset about that clause about like not being negative about blizzard. I, as someone who've read a lot of, um, contracts and law from my accounting days, I actually understood what that clause was saying. I, it wasn't saying that, but it was worded so badly that it looked like they were trying to put a muzzle on people where it was just saying, um, in my opinion, that it was just saying, uh, you can't say anything inflammatory about Blizzard that's basically slanderous. It was just separated into two lines and instead they merged it in one. But it came off really odd if you just general read it. But I, I laughed that people got upset about that. And then the first like line of the contract basically says, we can remove you for any reason at any time for whatever we want. It's like none of this stuff really matters when it says that and nobody brings that up. So it's it was just odd to me. And I just thought it was really unfair. Whereas when I went off about the battle pass thing back in the day, I firmly believe um, with the information we were presented at the time that I was completely in the right to be really upset about it when they had promised as much gold, if not more than before. And we got this battle pass and it was a lot less. Um, they We found out later they were going to do events probably. And then they, they eventually just put it all into the thing and didn't have events. And I've talked to devs since then behind the scenes and they've confirmed they were going to do that, but it just came off really bad. And we, we had to take their word on it when that first impression was so bad. So, um, but the way I express things was a lot more aggressive than back then. And if there's an issue now, like I'll use as an example, the heroic brawl, I'm not going hell on earth about it that they're not disclosing these uh gold amounts i inquire i give suggestions i tag the appropriate devs i, I try my best to be like as politically correct about it and not attacking like i'm sure these people want these things to be in a certain way it's just as an outsider with no information i have to go with what i've got and I feel like as someone who's trying to educate people or be that critical minded person, I'm the guy who's going to put that out there. So I'm going to talk about her brawl, not disclosing amounts and outside of the patch notes, which are completely buried and the average person won't see. And then you face people playing River Croc and Yeti. Chances are, even if they put it in the game, these players will still enter it no matter what. But I would just like that to be there because I feel like it could be. I think. I've changed my approach, but I still try and use just the way they communicate. It's using facts and information I have and trying to put that out there and um, not try and gaslight and put people against each other or anything. I just put the information out there, ask for a request. If I don't get what I want, then whatever, that's it's fine. They're entitled to do whatever they want their business, but I will put it out there. And that's kind of how I try and do things now rather than going full scorched earth, which I feel is what I was kind of doing a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's easier to uh, leverage organizational resources when you have relationships versus when you don't. So that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's, 
we're working with like Blizzard is a big company and there's a difference between people and a company. And sometimes what people want and what the company wants aren't necessarily aligned. And it's our job just to navigate the space there because sometimes they might be aware of these concerns and they might have made attempts to mitigate them, but there isn't an avenue to do that. Or maybe there is a greater picture that we're not aware of, but it's really just our job to report on what we know. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like, I'm going with information I have. I know I there's a good chance they might agree with 100 percent of what I say on something and there's nothing they can do about it. Right. So it's like it's hard to know, but we got to go with what we have. And that's why I try not be like so much like, yeah, gaslighty about it. If I'm going to use that word um, on any dev or anything, because I yeah, ultimately, who knows what they have power or say on it's it's Activision Blizzard. It is a. There's a large company with uh, some serious executives and marketing strategies and, ugh, you know, who knows, right? Yeah. And who knows what the greater plan is that maybe we'll like, I think if we look at the rewards track, if we look at where we would have ended up after that first season, we might have ended up making more money. But we didn't know that at the time. And there was definitely some, I think, some pretty reasonable concern with how things were communicated and with the ambiguity there. Like it just... From what we knew, the math didn't add up. We look at where the rewards track is now. I think I'm pretty happy with where that system landed. But, you know, the time in between, there were some ups and downs there. Yeah. I'm just glad it got to a place where seems like most people are happy. I wish they would boost it at some point. It's still the exact same, but it's like, that's just a small thing. And plus, I, every time I mention, they're like, yeah, it'd be nice, but we're doing fine. Like, well, that's a good sign where... I'm like, well, wouldn't it be nice if they increased? Be like, yeah, but you know, whatever. So it's in a pretty good spot. And they're doing more events too lately, which has been nice. Those are really cool. That new event track thing is pretty rad. Yeah. And it's, it's not hard to complete them. Even if you don't do the quest, like if you just play, it just kind of happens. I think not this, this last one, the one before that, I didn't complete a single quest and I had it done in like two or three days. Yeah. I mean, I'm a streamer and all that, but yeah. And still, also, you play when you're not streaming, Mr. 1500 Death Knight wins. <laughs> but this segues us pretty well. Like, where do you think the trajectory of Hearthstone is going? As a lot of content creators we've talked to, uh, and I've talked to on this show, other shows, whatever, um, the the YouTube situation is definitely a tumultuous one right now. Uh, with, I mean, like, you're doing very well, and there are a few creators that I can think of that are, but also a lot of others are seeing a big drop off in gameplay videos. And the, the Death Knight gameplay, I think, didn't land content-wise, the way that people thought it would. So I'm curious about where you think the trajectory of the game, both from the gameplay, the client, and the content creation perspective, where do you see it going? I just think YouTube's different than... People have been doing the same thing for, like, what? We're almost, like, 10 years? People are bored of that content. Um, People, like... If you watch, like, you see the content that works on YouTube these days, it's not just rip a VOD gameplay, like it's challenges or collaborations or a big discussion of tier lists or top tens or like that's what youtube is these days and if you just straight up upload the gameplay it's not gonna go that great i think marvel snaps a minor exception right now because it's so new and it's doing very well it's very popular but i just think that people are sticking to the same formula that might have worked a long time ago but things change i don't think that's a 
um, a thing on Hearthstone. I just think that's a thing on the style of content because look at Rarin. Like he tries to do Marvel Snap content lately and his videos for Snap do so much worse than Hearthstone. And that's because people still are engaged with that game. They want to see content on the game. They just want to see different style content. Solemn tapped into that as well before he kind of dipped and all of that. And um, even Raffle's kind of an example where, yeah, he does gameplay, but it's so tailored to YouTube. Dane as well. Like, it's so different rather than just straight up gameplay. Because if you look, I don't want to, I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus or anything like that, but I'll just use an example of Tice. Um, he has like a quarter of a million subs and he uploads like two of the same style of gameplay videos every day and they just don't do anything anymore because people are just aren't engaged with that content these days. Like people expect more on YouTube, in my opinion. Um, and the, the creators that really elevate their gameplay to be more than just here's this gameplay footage from my stream of some whatever deck. Um yeah, someone like even it's Ben makes battlegrounds like we talked way more exciting by doing challenges or really good editing. Um, yeah, Funky Monkey's another one who just does really cool, exciting decks. Plus, he's just super charismatic, and Regis like does well because he's just he's Regis. He's super charismatic, and his video is still tail. Like when he's recording on Twitch, it's all with YouTube in mind. Like he he tries to not interact with chat that much, so it doesn't alienate the YouTube viewership. So it's all for me. It's all about um, how you're doing your content more so than it's Hearthstone's dying or anything like that. Because if you look at the numbers, it's Hearthstone has like been steady, like the same for like since like 20 since they have the last really big spike for Hearthstone was the Demon Hunter launch. And then it's been like the same ever since then. And it's not really going up or down. It's just kind of there. And you got you could you have enough interest there that you can launch your content. It just has to be engaging in some way, whether it's just really fun, really well edited, interesting concept, or just something you gets your brain moving, like our discussion talks, if you want to call it that. That it gets your brain moving, but it gets people engaged. It gets people talking, and that's what you want on YouTube these days. So. I don't see the doom and gloom with YouTube. I just think people are trying the same things over and over that's been done to death and people just want more. That makes sense. It's different ways to play, different ways to watch. I mean, we look at how many different ways there are to play in uh, in the client. We're going to be talking about a bunch of those today and it aligns with what the player base is looking for, which is novelty and variety. Um, well... That seems like a good a spot as any to segue into our news, and then we're going to have a little modes coverage, because uh, you play the most non-standard, non-PGs modes I can think of of any streamer. But first, let's talk about some news this week, because uh, we have something. Good news, everyone! <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, Mercenaries got a big update. Includes quite a few things. Six new mercenaries, dual types being added, faction flags, including Horde and Alliance, among others. You'll see those in the corner. I know those have been asked for for a little while. Uh, and a new Mythic Boss Rush weekly challenge, if you're a PvE player. It's, they take the the bounties, they remove all the filler nodes, and it's just boss, different boss, then two bosses at once. Three encounters, it escalates uh, it, like different encounters open every day of the week. It resets in a weekly basis. There's a user selectable difficulty. Sounds pretty interesting. Uh, and also the late game uh, content, you can spend that late game 
currency renown, which is what you get for your excess coins, and use that to power up your mercs beyond maximum for PvE fights. And this goes endlessly, which is good because this is the end of Mercenaries content updates. Uh, I should probably just quote this patch pretty directly. Um, after these updates, we will be focusing on making the Hearthstone and Battlegrounds mode the best they can be. At the same time, Mercenaries will continue to get support for bug fixes and periodic balance changes as needed, but no further regular content updates with the new additions in this patch. We hope that Mercenaries will be a fun, fulfilling mode for players. To everybody who has ever chased a bounty or gathered around the campfire, we thank you for making this chapter in Hearthstone's history special. We hope you'll enjoy everything Mercenaries has to offer in 25.4. For those of you heroes of the Storm players out there, you know what this means. This is called Maintenance Mode, uh, and this means that the devs that we're working on, the Mercenaries team, will largely be reallocated to work on the other modes and polish them, sustain them, focus on other places where there's a little bit more player interest. Uh, I think I've spun you up as much as I can, so go. Oh, sad. Um, yeah. Uh, just like the whole mode from day one when they got unveiled, it's just been just one misstep after another. Like there was something here. I'm pretty sure there was something here. Um, I And I'm not like a, a Mercs hater. Like a lot of people just like to dunk on it and disregard it completely i have maxed or i've done every task for every mercenary everyone's at level 30 mostly for achievements but still i, I didn't hate it um and yeah i played it a ton um there's so many things that need would have to be done to make it like engage more engaging this isn't enough this patch but um yeah it's just kind of sad to see because there is a player base out there that really enjoys it um i feel bad for like crimson panda it's one of the Merc uh, content creators kind of left out there. Old Guardian still chips away here and there. Um, but yeah, I'm actually happy they're doing this sooner than I thought they would rather than dragging it out because it felt like they were starting to drag it out already with the lack of updates we've had the last like four or five months. And um, so I guess the writing's kind of been on the wall. It just I just think it's sad. And I, I do hope the devs are being reallocated. No one's like losing their jobs over this or anything like that. That's... That would really suck, but I, I just, yeah, that, that reveal stream, I, it's like they never recovered almost from that, but people forget like the first couple days it did well on Twitch. Rarin was before he became like what he's is now. Uh, he got a big surge from it. He got like 10,000 subs, I think, and was getting like 10, 20,000 views of video on Mercs for quite a while. It just, the support wasn't there right out the gate, really. And the updates weren't fast enough and they weren't fast enough to correct stuff. And they also made things a little bit worse with like the uh, the task acquisition. They did that little stealth nerf that really upset people to make it grindier. And then they ended up making that way better later. But it's like, why did they do that in the first place if they're going to make it better a year later? But there's so many missteps. And the fact that I think the one of the biggest things is it's silly, but I asked for it for day one. There's no auto like auto battle. Um, for a game that's as grindy as Mercenaries is, doing like task to task to task, because it really isn't built around PvP. They just kind of threw that in there. They really want it to be about doing like tasks and going around doing PvE. There's no auto battle, which just makes it so sloggy and grindy. And like, I just want to be able to like be on the computer and auto battle. Like with Raid, you can do that in all those games. It just would have made sense. I think it would have helped a lot. 
if you could have had a second instance of Hearthstone open and done mercs while you were doing a BG or a standard, that would have been great, right? Like, it's it absolutely would have done that. And yeah, I Mercenaries is ironically perhaps my most covered topic over at PC Gamer, oddly enough, um, because the reveal stream, the launch stream, was really not great. It was really, really... Uh, overwhelming in info and the only thing that most people took away from it was just that it cost a bunch of money and you know i got to play it early access early on and i described the mode as like a side dish right as, as like mac and cheese it's not my entree but i'll play it every so often and i agree with you i found that the gameplay was actually kind of compelling and they had this problem where you're right that i think pvp was kind of added on late but it also was kind of rad because it was really interesting and there was a ton of depth to it. And then getting there was this enormous time commitment that it felt like the gameplay was actually pretty decent, but all the systems kept getting in the way. Yeah, like you had to max your, you had to, you had to level them to 30, then max out like all this stuff because you got that stat boost. So couldn't just, uh, and that would take, for every character, that would take hours upon hours. And then you go into PvP, right? You couldn't even pay your way. People always called it pay to win. That annoyed me. People are like, it's so expensive and pay to win. Like, this is actually one of the cheapest modes. It's so easy to get everything without spending a dollar. Um, but it's it's a time sink. Like, and there's no way to pay your way through that. It was pretty weird. It was just not a way you want to really structure your game, in my opinion, at least. And I've, by the way, I've heard those complaints relatively recently about a different game. The comparisons between the systems of Hearthstone Mercenaries and Marvel Snap are extremely similar. And in both games, money doesn't really make you more powerful. It is a hard time gate with the intention of making you open the client more, with the intention of making you engage more, not to get your money, but to get your interest and attention. And maybe you will spend more in the process. But if you want to spend more to get more powerful, who boys a lot of money and it doesn't make you that much more powerful. So surprisingly close and it didn't work for mercenaries and at least i know snap's doing well now but for me i haven't played it since uh december because i just the, the amount of time and money they they, they demand if you want to because i'm someone who's a completionist wants to have all this stuff it's impossible unless i like like regis i don't know how much he's spending to get all the series five right now it's got to be a lot and i just can't do it so i just it, it's made me uh, from Snap, I was early access. We played a lot on on uh, the ladder. I, I, I played it a ton. I just don't play anymore because it's just it's too much. Um, like Hearthstone, at least like I I spend my eighty to a hundred dollars every set, and I got the cards, and that's done. Like that's it. I, I don't. But with Snap, it's like I I don't necessarily have to spend as much, but I'm not going to be able to get the cards ever that I want, like all of them, and I have to put in a lot of time. So I just I don't I'm curious to see if it'll work for Snap because it really didn't work for Mercs, but Snap seems a little bit slightly more engaging and popular than than Mercs ever was to say the least. I'd say a good bit, yeah. And I still do my dailies. I made peace with not having all the cards. Made peace with not being infinite rank every season. Good game to play in the train, and so that's where I play it. Um, but you know, public transit commutes aren't necessarily something everybody has. Um, but great for that. Mercs was too. So that is kind of the sunsetting of Mercs, um, and that is the main news we have. We do have a teaser of some images that were shown on the Play Hearthstone, and you have done some detective work on 
when you think the mini set announcement is coming. And I believe that you think it's the announcement is tomorrow and the mini set is coming next week. What's the pattern you looked at here while I pull up these images? Uh, 10 a.m. Pacific tomorrow we'll get a reveal is my prediction because that's, yeah, the last two mini sets of this year came. Uh, their scheduled announcement was the, the Thursday after the heroic brawl, just a coincidence. And um, they reveal cards that day. Uh, both times they revealed cards, typically legendaries to get people psyched. And then there's cards on the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday patch notes are usually on Monday. And then the mini sets on Tuesday. That's how it's been the last two times. If you actually look at the first expansion, when they did that, my timing might look wrong, but that was because the horror bro was pushed back a week because of a balance patch. So they actually announced the mini set the first Thursday of that heroic brawl with the, the mini set launching on the last day of that heroic brawl, I believe. I can't remember. But it was they had scheduled it wasn't their initial plan. And it looks like they're staying consistent with all that, with the teaser coming out today. But I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But I've, that seems I've been pretty good at predicting dates for like the last like three years, I swear. Like I, I pay way too much attention to all this stuff. Probably only Imic pays more attention than I do to this stuff. So his Lich King hint thread was crazy. Oh, crazy. Like, Here's a video if you want. <laughs> I'm like, I basically took most of it. So, yeah, it's uh, it was in- intense. And a lot of it was uh, turned out to be right. Yeah. So we look at the teasers here. It's a bird and we have a long shot of uh, it's I think this is Stormwind. There's a castle being shown, titled It's a Plane, and then we zoom in further, and there's a fountain with a couple trees being held up by a few elves, and there looks like a spidery thing on the top. This looks an awful lot like Naxxramas, doesn't it? Oh, Silvermoon. Silvermoon is what they're saying in chat, not Stormwind, sorry. Wrong S-City. Okay. I, I I don't know Warcraft lore, but I, everyone, I kept seeing Nax out. So uh, I think Imic said that that square thing is like from a raid in Nax Ramus. I don't know. Um, but I, I, when I was doing some research off your Cindragosa uh, thing for a video, uh, I did see that part of there, that area where if Cindragosa was there, Nax Ramus, it would be make sense. So. And I want a Cindergosa Colossal so bad. I think you're getting it. I think you're getting it. Because I, I, it was funny. I, I, when I was making the uh, mini set prediction video thing, I was like, wait a minute. I remember a Dragon Colossal leak. There was something like that. And I just searched it in YouTube and I found my old video of them updating Lady Prestor that she can generate Dragon Colossals. Like, there's no Dragon Colossal. So I made a video like, are we going to get a Dragon Colossal later in the year? So, yeah, maybe it's all coming together because they, they made that change. And that would be around maybe the time they finalized the mini set. Maybe. I don't know. They, they probably would have done it earlier, but maybe just maybe it's going to happen. But I want to see Colossal for Death Knight so bad. They need they need that bit. Like, they don't have a hero card. It's the least they can get. Although they're already the best class. Maybe that's scary. I don't know. Whatever. Give it to them. Mm. We uh, Colossal location would make a lot of sense. No, we have some people that do know lore in the chat. Uh, Kai Bear Bear is saying this is in Silvermoon is the Sunwell where Arthas revived Kel'Thuzad, which would make a lot of sense. 
uh, and Theo is saying that Cindergosa doesn't exist in Nax, but Saffron does, which is different dragon. So I am curious to see where this lands. I am not a lore expert, but if your theory is correct and this teaser means something, we'll f- we'll find out tomorrow. So let's see. And I imagine we'll find out. Well, actually, they might not do the class. If it's a class legendary, they might not do it tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. And that's really all the news we have this week because we're recording a day before. So saving my mini set talk for you the next big week. Matt London news. Oh, there's a, what is his news? What did he have? He said um, a, an arena player inquired. Oh, the arena leaderboard. Are we gonna, leaderboard. And it was, we'll find out soon. <laughs> I mean, so. that's not news so much as a tease. Yeah, I know. Well, what did you just talk about? What was that? What was the images? They're tease. I suppose so. So Matt Lennon alluded to <laughs> updates to Arena coming soon, including maybe Arena leaderboard stuff. So we'll see because those haven't been updated in a little while. Yeah. A long while. Still, live one would be nice. And also duels leaderboard, you know? Hmm. Arena duels, different modes. You know, that's a great segue, mm-hmm. Zeddy. Let's go talk about some modes. Uh, do I have a modes bumper? I don't. I'm going to play the strategy bumper. We're going to live with that. Hit it very hard. You want to blow something up? Time to pay. Yeah, that works. So let's talk modes. Because, Zeddy, I've alluded to this before, but you play a lot of things that are not standard, and that is cool. Well, things that aren't standard are BGs. And I don't know, I feel like there's a lot in the client to explore when people want to do something that isn't standard or BGs. And uh, you have historically been a wild player for a long time. I'm not wearing shoes right now, thankfully, so I didn't have to tie them. Uh, um, but- the mean callback. Our highly engaged listeners will know that mention. But yes, uh, so and I like wild was where you kind of made your name for yourself as a streamer, right? That was where you all you started it. I I I get like one of my first big things I did I guess was my Mali Druid. Um, I think it was during Kobolds because he just had Oaken Summons and Twig and I think that was Twig was Kobolds. It was cycle of legendary weapons. Uh, how? But the card that changed it all for me that gave me my little break in wild was Ixlid, the fungal lord and i wanted mm. to test an interaction this wasn't like i wasn't thinking this deck would be good i just wanted to test an interaction because I, I i play i've hit wild legend every season there's been wild legend and um i wanted to see what would happen if i played Ixlid and then malagos and then faceless what would happen would i get four malagoses or malagese whatever you want to call it i don't know um and it did. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I did the Avionicoon thing to make it happen. And then I started at rank 11 in Wild, that stream. And I went like 95% to rank 2 Legend in Wild, <laughs> playing this just jank uh, Malagos. It just farmed Reno Priest, which was really popular then. And that was like one of my big things where I actually made a deck that still there's like remnants of it still to this day almost um so that was really fun but yeah i just i think i've just always been known as the guy that just plays anything in hearthstone that's whatever i'm not bored of that's i don't really focus on anything specific um if i'm not enjoying standard then i go play wild if i'm not enjoying wild i play arena if i'm not enjoying arena I play duels if i'm not enjoying any of them then i'm really grumpy and probably on twitter a lot complaining mm. 
a fate worse than death. I just, I, I'm someone who gets bored of playing the same mode all the time. I don't know. We have all these cool modes in the game, and I don't get why people don't use them more. Like, I get wild, probably. Like, you disenchant your cards for standard, and, like, you just can't keep up. But, like, Arena is a, such a classic, basic, good Hearthstone mode that I fell in love with Hearthstone with more than anything. Watching Crip. Um, I used to watch Ratsma, Amaz, um, Hafu, and, like, Trump play Arena all the time. I freaking loved it. And then I played it a lot and got, like, leaderboard for the first time and all that stuff. It was... To me, like Arena is like the purest of Hearthstone. Um, and then, yeah, like duels makes me sad these days. Um, but and then, yeah, wild is just cool to just do dumb stuff. Wild for me has always been the place to do like pretty dumb stuff. But these days it's really hard to do dumb stuff because it's so crazy how out of control it's gotten with like three nerfs the last three years a mode like that probably needs a bit more than that and uh so that's but I, it's still the place i go to that's where i achievement hunt now that's the dumb stuff i do is achievement hunting in wild i do exclusively there so i can do dumb stuff in the dumpster and try and get these silly achievements done and put up my silly little guide i uh i enjoy exploring like my MMR in Wild is not the same as my standard MMR, and I enjoy being at the level where you see other people also just trying stuff. Like, I went into Wild and I played a bunch of full Outcast DH. Just control F for every card that says Outcast in the game, put them all in the deck, see what happens, and you end up with these pop-off turns with Wretched Exile and Vengeful Wallopers, and it's, it's, a, it's a dream. And, you know, it doesn't always win because sometimes you get cataclysmed and then you take 30 or whatever, but, you know. Other times, it's like there's some minions going back and forth. You bump back and forth. And it's also been really fun to see DK make the biggest splash, at least at first, in that format. Because you kind of fix a lot of the corpse problems when you're hero powering on one and making a corpse right away. It feels natural. It just it feel, it felt right. It's like it almost could be one. Uh, honestly, I wonder if I bet you they thought about that in development. Because at two, it's it's pretty pretty, pretty slow and you don't get any tempo out of it if there's nothing on the board so um but yeah watching dk thrive there and i gotta say if you're someone who's like on the fence about wild at all and you have some cards to play low rank dumpster wild is some of the best hearthstone out there it's so ridiculous what you, you never know what you're gonna face and it's it's usually hilarious and fun it's not until you're like the higher ranks where where like the tiny number of us are where it's miserable but where you hear only people complain saying it's unplayable and stuff all the time. But the average player at the lower ranks, they're just facing like the most ridiculous stuff all the time. And I will say when I like start a new account or do a free to play run, it's just amazing what you might see in wild compared to any other mode in the game. Yeah, I lack the experience of playing wild at a high level, so I can't speak to that specifically. Um, but I know that they're like, you know, as the format gets more cards, it's going to be more powerful because it has more powerful things in it. And it's, I don't know, Wild is a tricky format to think about because it's pretty wide but has a bunch of different appeals that maybe aren't always compatible. Some people really want to play older strategy against other older strategies and other people want to do the most powerful thing in the world. And, like, I don't know how to navigate that. I assume that you've thought about this too. Like, where do you think that middle ground needs to be or is there a possible middle ground? I just think you try and, like, 
hit the absolute outliers every once in a while just to freshen things up for people at top ranks because if you nerf a pillager rogue nobody's going to care at lower ranks they're not going to notice um and the people that more likely to care are going to enjoy it a bit more you nerf like a quest mage that one is a bit trickier because it's such a popular deck even like terrible variants of it but maybe nerf it in a way that it it only really affects the higher ranks i just feel like you would make a lot of people happier by making these changes every once in a while just to freshen it up um because it's just like losing to the same deck or playing against the same deck over and over in any game or any mode is just it gets boring and tiresome and we've had the same style of decks be like the top dog in wild for like over a year in any other format they would have you know nerfed stuff a long time ago whether it's like battlegrounds or standard even duels um i just wish wild would kind of get that at least the duels treatment of like maybe like a balance patch roughly maybe every expansion not like anything major but just something to hit the outliers at the higher ranks just to like make some people happier with that because i still feel like the casual regular player it wouldn't affect their ability to play their deck of old unless it was like really niche situations like a quest mage which is trickier and be like well maybe just mess with parrot a little bit or potion of illusion a little bit to do that rather than the actual quest which a lot of us just would love to see deleted but i feel like that card's too popular to do that so it's why they don't like touch big priest ever because even when you start off at like the newbie ranks you always face some style of big priest because people love that deck i don't know why i've never gravitated to it but people love it's one of the most popular ones out there you, like can't deny it so i know why they're apprehensive to ever touch it and uh it's just it's a fine line but i just feel like hitting those outliers for higher level players would just be a really nice thing and would just shut up some content creators a little bit maybe and also just maybe help for the you know the content creation game where you're typically playing at the higher level doing that stuff yeah it's been i remember i was watching a clip of raffle who you know he's there to do his style of content his youtube focused style of content where he's doing interesting different things and just playing against you saw the clip of orion just going off over and over again in secret mage where just you just kind of don't get to do anything there. And I understand Secret Mage is not the kind of deck that you're necessarily talking about. It's the high-legend performer. No, that's actually one of the decks. Um, okay. It's, he's played at high level, and it doesn't let you play the game. That's one of the most frustrating things is Secrets, especially Mage, the counter, like, everything now. It's like you yeah. can't play around it. It's really frustrating. So, um, no, that that is a good example even of one that I would like, I, I might do a video on what I, if I was to do a big wild balance patch, what would I do? And I might do that sooner and later. Cause there's been a lot of frustration, not that it'll do anything, but it's just fun to talk about. And then also every time I do a nerf suggestion video, no matter what, no matter how good I think they are, they're always one of the more disliked videos because nobody wants their card to get nerfed if they like it, you know, or they play it. So it's always fun engagement to get. You're always yeah. going to piss somebody off and it's that and that if that's as a content creator. So you can imagine the people actually making these decisions. It's not as easy as uh, one might think, you know, wild, I think, is one of the bigger challenges of like there is a huge proportion of people that play it because don't touch my cards. That is why they play it. That is the appeal. So it's really, really hard to try and balance all these different things. Like, do you think that an in-between format would have legs, something that maybe it's more of a battle of the standards or whatever? Since classic is they don't do anything with it it's been there for two years i just would love to see them turn that into a rotating format like that'd be that's my dream where like every month 
is like a new season of cards. Like you can relive a different meta every month and you can make like an event out of it or something like that would be just so cool that the problem is card acquisition of it. But this is where I'm like, well, why don't they just do like sales for like that? If there's like, um, it's that month is like Nax and GVG and stuff. Put those on sale for like 20% off packs. And then you're probably going to move packs that never move anyways. And I have all these ideas I would love to see happen. I, I just don't know if it's realistic from like the, like they're, they seem like, is there not players that'll be interested? Can they populate the ladder? But right now in classic, it's just bots. I don't know if they're blizzard bots or people, regular people. We don't know. Um, but I feel like it's got to be better than what classic is right now. And I've hit classic legend probably almost like 10 to 12 times now. I, I play it every once in a while and it's just, it's miserable just facing bot after bot after bot. And Ixor talked about this in AMAs before he left about, yeah, maybe making it a rotating format. Like where they, they add, uh, do that with classic instead rework it. He's talked about that. And I think Matt London's even hinted at it. So I'm curious to see what rotation is going to look like this year because I think there might be very interesting announcements regarding classic and wild because Matt has hinted at a lot of stuff, buffing wild cards. I, I, I talked about Nax in classic, but maybe he was just maybe if this is a Nax mini set, he was winking about that. I don't know, but it's he's winking all the time and always has so many things going on. It's hard to tell what he is teasing. Yeah, like, is it actually, or is it just a tease and it's just not nothing? You never know, right? So, um, I would love a rotating format. I think it'd be infinitely better than what we're doing with Classic, which is just abandoned. Like, it's just, it, they added it two years ago and it has, they haven't touched it. And it would be, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. I'd be curious to see exploring all those old patches, like putting Undertaker in. How long would you leave original Undertaker in that moment? Like, I think I could get two weeks of enjoyment out of that. Um, and it would be just just to see the relative performance and then probably move past Undertaker. I want to see it because I never experienced it. I didn't start playing until the patch. It was the week that card got nerfed is when I was my first week. So I never got to. I kind of want to see it because it's unnerfed and wild and it's irrelevant there because the game's so much crazier. I, I kind of want to see how bad that was because I always had people telling me how crazy OP it was. I'm like, well, I kind of want to see that. Maybe just for a month or whatever, you know? I remember talking to Luna about that, and she said that they used to BGH Undertakers. And like, oh my gosh, that's a one drop. I don't know how that happened, but that's spooky. But BGH was just a three drop, so it worked out, right? That's balanced. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think you mentioned if someone wanted to get into Wild Day, like DK is, is definitely worth starting off with, right? Like you just, you take a standard DK deck and then you make Gen and Greymane, and then you go live your life. Like, it's it's really fun and quite powerful. Like, where else would you reckon starting? Um, you could, there's a couple wild cards in there, like Haunted Creeper. You don't even, some people don't run that. Um, yeah. Where would you recommend starting, like, in Wild? Um, the funny thing about Wild is the majority of the best cards in Wild are standard cards. So if you have a lot of standard cards, you have a lot of the wild cards you need. Um, it's more like the core cards that are just always kind of busted. Like, Let's say again, or Baku, typically relevant, although Baku not so much lately. You don't want to buy wild packs ever. They're useless. They're terrible. Um, the vast majority of them are cards you're never going to play. Uh, wild is much more of a, we try and craft what you want. Um, it's much more about crafting. 
or getting an entire adventure that has a decent amount of value in it. I think like League of Explorers, which right now is kind of irrelevant because it's in the core set. But if you look as an example, like that's not in the core set and I want to have Reno, I want to have Bran. You get all that in one shot can be quite nice. Um, still can't get that with gold, unfortunately, but they actually went on sale at one point this year for the first time ever. Um, but yeah, while is a tricky one, I never recommend buying packs for it specifically. It's all about see, lo- looking at wild decks. Um, typically can look at like tempo storms, meta snapshot. They still do it. They have a really cool team over there that have decks or neons. Um, Hearthstone-decks.net. Yeah. That's also, those are my go-tos for wild decks and um, see what you have from those. And maybe you can like craft a key card that like, if you need something like Lotheb, you're never going to feel bad crafting Lotheb. It goes into so many different wild decks, patches, the pirates, um, Shutterwalk. If you're going to play Shaman, goes ton of decks. There's a lot of things that just kind of slot in. And then there's a lot of cards that aren't legendaries that slot into a lot of the stuff too. Like in like even Shaman, like Thing from Below, or Merc Spark Eel. It's a lot of cheaper wild decks too, even that even if you have to craft some of the wild cards. But it's definitely a craft first format, in my opinion, than uh try and buy packs and get lucky with a it's just not gonna happen almost always. Yeah, the pool's just too big and the cards that you want and the cards that you have will end up being uh pretty disparate, so you'll end up just opening a lot of the cards that you didn't craft, and those will be, you know, you don't want to open grand tournament cards. Just I I played through that expansion when it was live. You don't want to open grand tournament cards. Those cards got a lot better when uh, Ginnabaku showed up, though. I gotta say, Inspire became them. decent when you got a mana discount on it. <laughs> it's a little better. I'm still not doing Acid Modred scale. Like that's not. Oh my god. Yeah. I just think I love. We have Acid Mod for seven mana, and now we have a one mana spell like Urchant Spines. <laughs> It's like acid maw effect for like one mana, and it still sees almost no play. <laughs> That's how bad acid maw was. It's such a spectacular card. It was the first time I think two class legendaries were printed in the same set because you were meant to play it them was. together, and it was uh, it didn't end up working out that way. Dreadscale was playable to an extent, at least, but it was yeah, okay. Yeah. It was a tech card in a Jesse and Hunter list, but like you know, that's only going to go yeah, exactly. so far. Um, and so uh, we talked a little bit about Arena, but you talked about format where crazy stuff happens being wild. But what about duels? I mean, I know that duels, like, there's been some ups and downs with it lately. And I know the new DK introduction of the class was like, it's pretty powerful. And there have been some things going on there. But I'm curious about where you think duels fits into this, because you've played quite a few duels runs on stream. Yeah, so duels, um, when it launched, I played it quite a bit. And then I just found the variants, the buckets and the passives too much and i stopped playing for quite a while and then um united storm would happen united storm would happen i was at the point where i didn't want to play hearthstone anymore i hated it that much <laughs> i just did not enjoy the game and i kept having people said like play duels they've improved it a ton um atish is great gotta play it i'm like all right i'll play it and then i got really addicted to it because they had refined like a lot of the stuff that had annoyed me before they got rid of a lot of like the the treasures you could find that were totally broken and um you could kind of manipulate your passives a lot better the buckets were more refined and you could do really crazy busted stuff but it always felt within like every class almost had a busted cool thing to do even if it was whatever and i had a ton of fun i played it so much i had dual saturday was my thing and then 
basically every day was dual Saturday. Atesh, the who worked on the Hearthstone team, was like in charge of duels. Would come by every day to spam dual Saturday because we were always playing it, and I uh, loved it. And I was playing off stream all the time. I got to like over ten thousand MMR in it. I got most of the achievements done. And I feel like they've taken the last six months, they've made huge changes to it. And I have felt from personally for me, have made the mode so much worse and boring. Um, the fun thing about duels for me is just doing crazy cool stuff. And they, they have this one patch where they nerfed like, I think it was like 20 things. It was insane. They nerfed so much and they didn't buff anything. And they nerfed stuff that nobody was even complaining about. It was out of left field. And then they, 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 nullified a ton of really good passives and then they changed the bucket system and this one is the one that's been really um kind of making me sad is instead of the buckets kind of being tailored to what's in your deck it's just like do, um if you have cards from an expansion the buckets might show cards on that expansion and that's it so they might have nothing to do with your deck you have to be really you have to really work hard to manipulate in any way. So you're ending up with a lot of vanilla decks. You're ending up with a lot of vanilla passives. And a lot of the cool strategies have been nerfed to death. And they haven't added a ton of new content outside of uh, the two Death Knight heroes. And I got to reveal the uh, Blizzard gave me a reveal. I forgot about that. Um, the uh, pirate one, which was pretty underwhelming. They had to buff it a lot. And so there hasn't been a ton of update and they've nerfed a lot. They did a recent patch where they buffed a bunch of hero powers and treasures. So it's a little bit better, but I just find the mode right now when I play it on board, <laughs> I miss like the days of doing really crazy stuff. And it, it never felt super unbalanced and out of whack because everybody could do it. And I kind of just missed that because I thought that was duels was supposed to be about and at least for me, and I, I was part. I mean, you're you know that little duels chat on Twitter, right? That we're um, that secret little little thing. I don't know if you're still in there. They don't talk anymore. Like there's, it seems like I don't hear duels talk as much anymore, and it kind of makes me sad because it was doing really well. I thought, and now with the new buckets and just the way it is, I just don't hear about it nearly as much. And I I haven't streamed it in like. I haven't even streamed the latest, the little latest balance patch stuff they did. I've just been playing Arena instead, which I've been enjoying. I think it's been pretty good lately. So I was kind of bummed about it. And I, I just, I hope they can make this bucket system better. My understanding is it's there because it was too much time and work to constantly update the buckets for every content update and all these different possible combinations of card types. And it just sounds like they didn't have the resources anymore. So. It's more of like almost like a scaling back of anything it just wasn't sustainable, but it just, I feel like it makes the mode a lot worse for, at least for me early on, but I also tend to just burn myself out on a mode. I was playing it like crazy. So maybe I'll come back to it in a month or so. I'm like, I was just, you know, maybe I was just bored of it. Now I'm, I could try some new stuff. It's piled up because I did take that big break before. So it's hard to say, because uh, I've said the same thing about Rena where like, I don't want to play anymore. It's completely terrible. They've ruined it. And then three months later, it's all I'm playing. So it could just be that that fluctuation too. Yeah, I mean, changes happen in in bunches, and usually when the mode is seeing the least change is when they're working on the most stuff because they have the fewest resources for live because they're working on something behind the scenes. So uh, yeah, the bucket change was something that I you know I don't find myself with as much time in the client these days. And when I was playing duels, I remember feeling like. Everyone was just super powerful. I like the my favorite strategy earlier uh, last year was this crazy demon hunter outcast thing where you would play largely from hand and you would just 
attack for these huge numbers uh, with Gift of the Legion, like, not even the infinite combos, just playing a bunch of stuff and smacking people for a bunch of damage and doing the, when you play a fell spell, you shoot a two damage missile. It was really, really fun. And he would sometimes do these, like, turn one kills, but also other times then you would just get stopped or beaten yourself very quickly. And it felt like it was, the intensity was turned all the way up. But if we're both on the same power level and I make peace with the swings of this format, it felt like the footing was even. It was just the most extreme version of Hearthstone possible. Um... So, I admit I haven't played a lot lately. The idea of pulling it back, you don't want this format to feel homogenous. You want this format to feel different. But also, there's this really tough balance of the deck that you build initially theoretically guides the passive that you get to see. And you don't want that to be too reliable because, I remember, there have been a few points where they had to adjust how frequently you saw the same passive because the gameplay experience felt pretty similar. So, it's I have to imagine it's a hard needle for them to thread. Yeah. And I mean, they're trying stuff. I don't see them uh, abandoning it. So just seeing how it's playing out, it's not personally like my cup of tea. I've, I've heard some people that are enjoying it. And I know Regis still doing duels content and stuff. Um, it's just not meshing with me personally. I don't want to be overly critical of it. I, I haven't really dunked on it like almost at all outside of like, yeah, just not feeling it. Um, We'll see how it develops, and I, I, I'm always down to give it more of tries and see how it goes. But they implemented a whole new bucket system compared to the old stuff, so it's typically going to take some time to really, you know, get things going. And maybe they add more content because I did enjoy playing the the uh, Death Knight stuff. Is it was like really busted and stuff, but it also helped. If you aren't aware, I have 1,500 uh, Death Knight wins, over 500 are in duels because they count. <laughs> and uh, I spammed uh, Frosty K there because it was just nutty and it felt like an old duels deck you could reliably get bitter cold and your buckets were reliable because you don't have other expansions to pull from because you're death knight so it to me it felt like old duels so i actually kind of enjoyed that but it was really unfair because it was the only class that could do that whereas i wish that was just every class doing that then like then it's like old duels again so i actually gravitated it for that a little bit and dk was pretty good in arena then too if i recall oh god <laughs> day one is like 63 64 percent another class i think paladin was close to 50 percent and then most classes were under 40 percent it was so unfair and uh yeah like i i I did the whole thing i played a lot of arena to get my wins but even with broken death arena games take longer than ladder it would have been faster for me to grind ladder for the death knight wins than arena even even though it wasn't nearly as good um for quite some time but yeah that was uh that was a horrible balance thing um sadly it took multiple patches to get it done i don't blame them for missing basically they missed one card on their little hot fix before the holiday break they left malignant in they're like we need to leave them with one powerful card and they i could tell I, I could even see the decision making going in their mind we buffed corpse pride we buffed malignant horror I think they should have one of these as a tool. Let's make uh, Corpse Bride rare, and we'll leave Malignant nor- normal. And like, oh, that was that was the wrong pick because I I noticed before that hot fix or whatever, even before the buffs, Malignant was the best uh, Deathlight card. I'd I'd recognize that. Besides the created by cards like Vizier and Scorpid, I made a tweet. I'm like, I think Malignant uh, is the best card. And I'm like, if this ever become, I even made a, I think I even mentioned if this card ever gets buffed or something, look out on ladder and not relevant on ladder still, but my goodness, it got uh, insane in arena. And then they adjusted it 
after that long break. And yeah, it's it's still a really good class in Arena, but very beatable. Um, and Arena's feeling pretty good outside of like a couple classes a week. But yeah, Arena, um, I've been happy with it. It just it was it sucked that we had that holiday that long break, but even like the team effectively apologized for it, recognizing yeah we we probably need to change things up next year this time. The holiday period is really difficult for them to get uh, changes going because, you know, they're out of the office for a couple of weeks and then they got to re-situate when they get back. Um, they they were very clear in recognizing, hey, this uh, probably should have. We're going to try and figure out how to not do it this way. Um, and I got Legend with Malignant Horror in my standard deck this month. So, like, that card's all right. That card's okay. Were you doing it in Rainbow? I got to mention sure it was a Rainbow was. deck. Okay, yes. the bait deck. My yeah, that, that deck's all right. I, I actually I was my last heroic brawl, my last game I lost to it. So you know, it's it's still doing some work. Um, but I think the easiest solution for them um going forward is just perfectly balancing the cards before they get out. It shouldn't be that hard to get all the numbers right, and then they don't need to do these patches. So we'll see if they can. <laughs> but no, it's it's I can't even imagine. A, a game client that has like so many moving pieces and modes and then having to get everything out in a timely fashion is again i think a lot more harder than a lot of people realize it's not just simply pushing a button almost ever it seems really really challenging and as we've heard the number of games played in the first hour on live eclipses the total amount of play testing that they do simply because of how big of a game hearthstone is there are so, so many players, and playtesting will only get you so far when, even if you have a big team, which they do, there are a couple hundred Hearthstone employees, big chunk of them that are designers, but there are millions and millions of players. The scale just will never match, and so it's the sort of thing they're going to have to react. We got two standard balance patches before the holidays and then another one after, but they acknowledged, as you alluded to, that that wait in between was was not ideal, and so they're working on figuring out how to make that better. Um, we'll see where they land. I'm curious, what do you think of them? Do you think a, like a private test realm could help? Because this is something I've always thrown out there that a lot of other games do where they'll sign a bunch of players to like NDAs to like work behind the scenes, tr- test content out beforehand to see if it's, you know, there might be a problem that maybe other eyes could spot because they're not in that, I don't know, that, that vacuum or whatever. I think you could for BGs, specifically for Battlegrounds. For building your own deck, even in duels or arena or whatever, um, Hearthstone is at its best when it's about discovering emergent interactions organically. Like, it's the theory crafting streams don't feel the same because the format is so different based on the rules and who you're playing against, what people are doing. And that first week on the ladder of any expansion. It's usually pretty fun and interesting and novel. And moving that to a PTR, I feel like would end up mitigating a lot of the magic of that. It, the I understand the idea here of wanting to manage problems that we know are going to come down the road, but I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So it's tough to say. Um, and like the, the people who are NDA, like... Are they going to catch it in a way the designers don't? Because it's still such a small number of people as opposed to the scope of how big ladder is going to be. Like I try to think back to 
I forget which expansion it was, but the one where we figured out Necrium Apothecary. Um, that was, uh, that, not, that was Dark Moon Fair? It's Dark Moon Fair. That was the Death Rattle Rogue card? Yeah, it might have been Dark Moon Fair. I think it was Dark Moon Fair, where I remember, like, we didn't know about it for four days, and then on that Sunday after the expansion came out, um, all of a sudden, Ladder was filled with killing people with Stone Tusk Boros and Standard. And it was just kind of out of nowhere. And it took millions of people almost a week to find that. Is a PTR just kicking the can down the road? I don't know. There may be some merit to it, but I would worry about the downside being significant and the upside being limited. That would be my fear. And I think it's funny that one of the biggest examples of them bringing a pro that I recall is like Life Coach. And he was very upset and told them to fix this card they didn't change it and it ruined the game and it was the the Angoro hunter quest it was going to ruin hearthstone so there is like you know it's like how much would it value you know how much value is it in there when they might get upset like that over a card that doesn't ever see play even to this very day it's hard to tell like who's going to catch wretched tiller who's going to catch tortol and pilgrim like it's it, these sort of things are just they're wacky things and i think some player actually lived to find those those rules outliers i i think tiller was figured out on twitter in like five minutes if i remember when it got revealed That's probably true tortol and pilgrim took a took a minute the wild stuff i i i mean they literally i don't think they put any thought into what it'll do in wild um so i don't really and i don't it, they've said that so i don't even expect it anymore it's just like once we spot it i just hope it gets fixed fast that's all um so i won't throw them under the bus for that i'm like i the only one that i'm like the one that kind of upset me was the um in for example is the galacron shaman which is you literally just put all the galacron cards together and it was broken day one like there was no refining needed it was just like one of those is like how did this happen but I don't know if outside of day one demon hunter, which is the next expansion after that, I don't know if we've had a big example of that happen since. So um, I think a lot of the balance issues have just come because it's like you said, there's like a million players, a million moving pieces and a lot of powerful cards. And you never know which ones are really going to pop off because I make my power creep comparison tweets all the time. Most of them never even see play. So you never know, right? Like you just never know. Yeah. It's hard to tell. It's uh. That's where some of the best content is card reviews are the best content that keep on giving because people love to go back a month later. And that's why I always believe in making definitive, bold predictions because being wrong as a content creator is about as good as being right. Because you get a lot of views after the fact for being really wrong about stuff. And I have a lot of practice there. Trust me, it works. Scabs, scabs for me created a meme with Nova that's lasted to this day where... She's terrified of how broken that card is because I won't take the blame of giving it five stars. <laughs> Someday. It, it, it's actually, I mean, it's busted in wild with uh, Pillager Rogue. That, that deck doesn't exist without it, but yeah. Yeah, but that deck has some other stuff going on. Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> yes. Anyways, you have a stream to catch, so we're going to wind down here at the end of our show. So, TAC patrons, thank you so much for your support. Thanks for listening. You can become a TAC patron by going over to patreon.com slash TAC. gets you access to TAC Discord, other perks. We really want to shout out our producers, Dustin C. and Jarrett F. Thank you so much. Uh, you can follow the show over at TAC Podcast on Twitter, or live show Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern, on twitch.tv slash Plays. 
We're hoping that Joss will be back next week. She'll be back soon. She sends her her love to all of you, and we send her all of our positive energy. Uh, you can find her over twitter.com slash jossplays or over at the Gamers Inn, her other uh, her other podcast, which is a general gaming podcast. Zeddy, where can people find you if they're looking for you? I am over at twitch.tv slash Zeddy. Um, stream, what, Tuesday through Saturday um, in the evenings, uh, Pacific, like, Western time or whatever. And over um, on YouTube, youtube.com slash was it like user Zeddy Hearthstone uh, upload every single day with news updates or a meme list or like a top 10 list or whatever. Some usually news update stuff. And I'm on Twitter at Zeddy HS where I almost exclusively shit post it pretty much like you really just don't take my tweets seriously. Um, and if you see an angry tweet, it's usually I'm in the middle of streaming. I made the mistake of tweeting while playing and I delete it later. <laughs> so, but mostly it's just, uh, yeah, just shit posts. So. Yes. Don't tweet and stream. And thank you for having me. And um, yeah, if you guys have 500 coming up. That's going to be a pretty big one. So that that should be pretty awesome. eh? I, I hope so. Show's been around for a while. So, yeah, we're hoping to celebrate that with everybody. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Glad to have you finally. Uh, but if you're looking for me, then the hub of my content is on the functional website, twitter.com slash ridiculous hat, where I also nearly exclusively shit post, but, you know, slightly differently. I, I capitalize less than Zeddy does. Uh, I also have two other Hearthstone podcasts. You can find them over Coin Concede. We make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you. And Vicious Syndicate, we take a data-driven look at the high legend metagame uh, in standard. And that's going to do it for this episode of The Angry Chicken. All right, I'm going to pause for a second here. I was supposed to coach you beforehand, but I didn't. So I'm going to say job's done, and then after that, you say job's done. That's what's going to happen. All right. All right. We prepped. We planned. Not before the show. You all get to see how the sauce is made. All right. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to The Angry Chicken. And until next time, job's done. Job's done. Perfect. Fantastic. Unrehearsed, off the top of your head. Love to see you. Job's done.